Hello and welcome. This is the Vet Student's Guide to Adulting podcast. I am Ethan Dahl and I will be your host teaching you how to adult your way through all of the big decisions that you will be facing as you approach graduation. Creating a budget, buying a house, cover letter, resume, interviewing tips, and of course we will cover the big one, how do I pay off my student loan debt? We will interview associates and practice owners from all over the U.S., as well as speak with experts from many different fields. We're going to cover in great detail all of the questions that you have as a student or a recent graduate, and so much more to equip you with the tools that you need to make those big decisions and give you peace of mind. Let's get started. All right, this is episode two of the Vet Student's Guide to Adulting podcast. This is Ethan Daw again, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast and uh, coming back from week one, uh, giving you a little background on who I am and why you might want to consider listening to this podcast, what I bring to the table. Episode two is going to uh, start to get into the meat of what I want to share with you. We're going over one of the most important concepts that I can offer you In this episode today, I'm going to teach you how to manage your expenses and manage your cash flow. And with these two tools, you're going to be able to make all of the big decisions that are coming in your life. You know, I was talking in the first episode about pouring a foundation. Before you can build a home, you have to go out and you have to do a little work. Well, if we were building a house, we wouldn't just go out and start putting some walls up and then a roof and some doors and windows. No, we would have to go out and clear the property and level it and, and put some forms in and pour the concrete and then be able to build your home. Well, that's exactly what we're going to do. And starting today, we're going to help you lay the foundation for your financial house. It's going to be built on a solid foundation, and there is no other way to do that uh, other than managing your expenses and managing your cash flow. So we're going to help you set a lifetime uh, lifestyle ceiling and live within your means, whether you're making big money or if you're just getting started. It's the same concept, and I cannot stress to you how important it is for you to have a written budget uh, for your financial future, not just, uh, not just for uh, today, but this is going to be something that you carry over Uh, into your professional world. And that actually begs the question, okay, why do I need a budget now? I don't even have any income. Well, we're going to consider your student loan your income. And actually, you're on a super fixed budget now because you can't go out and get a job. You don't have time as a student. Now, as a gainfully employed associate, you know, you've got some flexibility and you've got a little extra money to spend. Now, uh, Almost everyone I come in contact with, I believe, has a financial cancer uh, that needs to be treated. And if you came to my office and you asked for help with that affliction, I'd give you three things. I would give you my budget worksheet. I would give you my three accounts system to manage your cash flow. And then I would give you a financial prescription. Here's what you're going to do to get financially healthy. And that prescription would look like this. 10% of your income would go to giving. 20% of your income would go to saving. And 70% of your income would go to budgeting, not spending, budgeting. We're going to give every dollar you make a name. 
Now with the budget worksheet, you're going to learn how to list and manage your monthly expenses. And again, it is imperative that you know your monthly expenses. Today's podcast is on uh, chapters two and three of my book, The Financial Guide for Veterinarians. You can get that book off of ethandahl.com forward slash vetbook. It's on amazon.com and it's also on Apple Books in an ebook format. I was in Grenada at St. George's earlier this year and the students asked if I would be willing to try and get my book on an e format because it's a fortune to ship stuff to um, Grenada. So I finally got that done just a few weeks ago. Uh, today I'm going to be discussing my personal budget worksheet. I created that worksheet over 20 years ago. It's nothing fancy, but it works wonderfully. And you can download a free copy at my website, ethandahl.com forward slash budget. Today, I would encourage you to just listen to the podcast and, and, and that, just do that for now. Let's just walk through it. Later on, I would like for you to go down... Uh, download the worksheet so that you can create your own budget and maybe come back and listen to the podcast or go in, go through chapters two and three and um, and go through and, and make your own budget. Now, if, if you're comfortable with using an app and you can be disciplined enough to actually keep up with your expenses on an app, go for it. That's great. What I have found in the past, uh, people are busy. As a student, you're busy. Uh, as a gainfully employed person, you're busy, and most people just do not have the discipline to use an app. But my worksheet is a simple one-page sheet, and it lets you refer to it once a week, maybe twice a week, um, and, and just make sure everything is, is moving along smoothly. And then whenever we get into managing cash flow, I'm going to give you some rules on your bank accounts so that you do not have to worry about that constantly. Now, if I gave you those two tools and I said, that's it, I'm out. You're on your own. There you go. I'm done. This is the best thing that I can do for you as a financial consultant, as a consultant to veterinary students. This is the best I have. Now, we're going to talk about all the big stuff, but before we do, we're, we're going to lay this financial foundation, a solid foundation. And this, of course, is even if you're making lots of money, this, this works. This is what you need. So I, I want to start with telling you about a, a client of mine from many years ago. I got a call, and it was actually uh, late in the evening, and this gentleman says, um, a friend of mine is a client of yours, Steve. And he said, Steve said that you could help me out, and I think that I have a problem with, with my, my budgeting, with my money. And he said, you know, will you take a look at it? Steve said that you would, would shoot straight with me. And I said, absolutely. So about an hour later, I get an email and it has everything, everything that this gentleman uh, had, um, houses, cars, debt, credit card, everything. I, I saw it all. And he also sent me his last two years tax returns, which I had asked for. So I get to looking and, and he made uh, last year, the last year that, that he had a tax return for, made $985,000, just under $1 million. And so I, as I started to sort through, and actually I used the same budget spreadsheet that I'm giving you, it just had a lot more bigger numbers on it, uh, more numbers and bigger numbers, I should say. Um, as I started to go through it, I realized, you know what? <laughs> he does have a problem. He's spending almost $7,000 per month more than he made, and he made $1 million. Begs the question, how, right? 
You know, how do you spend more than a million dollars? How do you spend $7,000 a month? It's really not that hard without a budget. You don't know what's going out. You know you have money coming in, but the truth is once, once you're rolling and gainfully employed, you're really not paying a lot of attention to what's coming in, but you're certainly not paying attention to what's going out. You absolutely must have the, a budget, and I gave him the same form I'm giving you. It's just, as I said, bigger numbers. Now, an exercise that I want to challenge you on is this. As you're, you're going through the next month, I would like for you to, to empty a shoebox Place it on your breakfast table. For one month, I would like for you to put every receipt that you have in that box. If you buy a bottle of water, get a receipt. If you can't get a receipt, put it on a sticky note or a piece of paper. Bottle of water, $1.29, and the date. Even if you buy a pack of gum, everything goes in the box. At the end of 30 days, I'd like for you to turn off your phone, your TV, no pets in the room, no kids, no distractions at all. I want you to, to pull out every receipt, and then I want you to categorize them. This one was gasoline. Here's food. Here's eating out. And what I can guarantee you is this exercise is quite sobering. I can guarantee you with 100% certainty that you're spending far more money outside of the home than you're, you think you're spending. It's an exercise that will bring some reality and prove just how critical it is for you to place limits on how much money you can spend on each given category, such as rent. Now, you know, uh, I get asked, well, how much in student meetings in the past, how much do you think that I can spend on rent? What's your budget look like? If you ever contacted me and said, hey, can I buy a new car? How much should I pay on my student loan? What's your budget look like? You know, in, in life, you spend three things. You spend your money, you spend your time, and you spend your emotional currency, and you have a limited lifetime supply of all three. I've found that uh, a, when a person says, well, I can't afford that, whatever, fill in the blank, that's generally not true. Once you have a job, you could drive a Rolls Royce, you just might be living in it. Even rich people have a limited supply on how much money they can spend on each major category of their budget, and they have to choose what's important to them. So do you. You have to choose, where do I want to spend my money regarding time? When a person says, you know, I just don't have time for fill in the blank, that's generally not true. Even rich people only get 24 hours in a day, and you get to choose how you spend your time. So, What's important to you? Where do you want to spend your time and your money? Emotional currency is something else that a person spends, and everyone has a limit to how much they can put up with before their tank is drained and they crack. And it has to be refilled. refilled. And we allow our emotions to be swayed by the smallest of things, and you can't imagine how upset I can get when I'm driving in a four-lane highway and someone won't get out of the left lane, which is actually the passing lane, just get over, get over. Oh, it drives me crazy. I give my emotional currency away to someone that I will never meet that does nothing to return to my life. And when you give your emotional currency to a person like that, you're unable to give it to the people that you're close to, and invariably you take it out on those people. So a life tip for you, it is very difficult to fill your emotional tank by taking it from someone else. I found that you fill your tank very quickly by serving and giving your time to other people who need it. There's you uh, uh, a 50-year-old uh, tip 
So we're back to this budget thing. What are we going to do with it? When you print it out, I want you to notice that there are four main sections to the budget. On the right-hand column, at the top, there is debt, assets, and then income. I don't really care about those three boxes today. Now, if you are a gainfully employed associate, then of course we are interested in all three of those, especially income. But for right now, for today, what I am gen generally concerned and genuinely concerned about is the left-hand column. The left-hand column is monthly expenses. And what I can tell you for certain is that is a paper monster. The only thing that that column eats is after-tax dollars. The moment you cannot feed your monthly expense column with after-tax dollars, it will destroy your life, guaranteed. You get in over your head, you put things on a credit card, and before you know it, you can't afford anything else, including putting money on a credit card. So we're going to focus on that today. On my sheet, you're going to get two copies. The top copy is blank. There, there's nothing in it. The bottom copy actually has some common expenses and dead assets income. It has some common expenses. Use that as just a reminder of expenses that you may have. But what I would really prefer that you do is print them, use the blank one, and hand write it in. For me and my family, at the very top of our list is tithing. We give 10%. We have a biblical worldview, and that's number one. As you list out your expenses, on the left-hand side of the monthly expenses is a small box. Once you've listed all of your expenses, rank them. From one to, this is what's most important to me. For us, it's, it's tithing. For you, it may be just donating. It may just be giving your time. The second thing most important to us is saving. I save 20% or more, depending on what's going on with my income at that time, because I feel like I worked hard and I deserve to be paid before everyone else. Now it gets into the big decisions. I do this exercise in front of VBMAs and uh, VBMA groups, and I can tell you that I, I now will tell the group, hey, look, I want you to discuss this, each, each category, but I, I want you to come back to me if, if I start to lose control of, of the room, please come back to me because if not, it'll be chaos. And it usually is with the first one, mortgage or rent. As a first-year associate, what do you think your rent's going to be? And then it vacillates from uh, $350 to $2,000. And of course, it really depends on where you live. But as I go through this exercise and I go through rent or mortgage, student loan, renter's insurance, health insurance, disability, and life insurance if you have it. Uh, you go through all of the expenses. You get to pet care and you have a big argument. You get to miscellaneous expenses. Food is up the, up the chain. Um, for food, that's things that you get at the grocery store, including toiletries. Eating out is entertainment. So that goes in the entertainment category. Just like uh, if you go out on the weekend or you go to a concert or a football or basketball game, that goes in the entertainment category. And what I can tell you for sure is you have to put a limit on each one of these. When I've done this ex exercise dozens of times in the past with groups of students, I can tell you that we get to the total expenses column at the very bottom of the monthly expenses and on the left-hand side of the page, and it's usually somewhere between $3,500 
and forty five hundred dollars. It's around thirty eight, thirty nine, four thousand, somewhere around in there. Now it is imperative, of course, to know what your income is. You have to know how much after tax dollars that you have to work with, and you also have to know uh, what your expenses are within about one hundred dollars. So. In this first half, what we're trying to accomplish is for you to manage your expenses. You're going to make a written budget. You're going to list everything that you have as a monthly bill. You're going to add your after-tax income monthly. You're going to know what your net living expenses are. That, of course, is your monthly expenses of exactly what it takes for you to have your basic standard of living. There's no extra extras. There's no opportunity for a a blip, a hiccup in your expenses, uh, transmission falling out of your car, you have to take an emergency trip, medical issues, just your basic standard living. Now, of course, that's why we're going to have an emergency fund in the second account. Now, I'm going to take a short break, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to cover managing your cash flow. You have some huge decisions to make as you approach graduation and in your first year as an associate. Understanding your first employment contract offer is big, and buying the right disability policy is imperative. As a professional, you must protect your number one asset, your ability to go to work. There are many carriers to choose from, but the number one name in disability, and the one that I recommend to my clients, is Guardian Berkshire. It is the gold standard in the industry, and I am licensed to help you acquire the right policy to fit your needs and as a new disability client, I can review your associate contract. Email me at info at and let me help you acquire the right disability policy for your needs. Okay, so that first half was uh, managing your expenses, and, and I have a little written budget, and I know that it may not convey uh, well verbally without the visual of being able to see uh, the actual spreadsheet, I would encourage you to go and download that spreadsheet, even if you're not going to use it, because it's going to give you a really good foundation of understanding, okay, this is why it's so important to have. Now, that is one half of what I'd like to, to share with you today. The second half is going to be about managing your cash flow. Managing expenses and managing your cash flow are two completely different things, and about 20 years ago, I came up with a three-account system. And so I have a, uh, a recommended basic free checking account is your first account, and I call it the operating account. And then there is a second free savings account in the same bank. And then, yes, I have a second free checking account. Now, that's not imperative if you can actually keep up with your money. But what I'm trying to do is give you some rules some, some specific rules for you to go by because I'm certain that you can follow these rules if you have them and you can actually adjust the rules to meet um, what your current income and situation is. So these are the rules for the operating account. The operating account is just, you know, it's your business account. It's your personal account. You're doing the business of you, you incorporated. And so we're going to have some rules. The first rule is going to be that your new zero is around $100 a month if you're a vet student, $100, $200, $250, $500. a gainfully employed veterinarian, you need to have a zero of $1,000. Almost every online banking system, your bank will allow you to send yourself reminders or alerts. 
one alert that you want to set is they will email you if your balance gets below a certain point. So that's what I mean by zero. When your balance gets to zero, you're broke. Before that happens, I would like for you to set a new zero, and that zero is going to be $500, $100, $250. But some type of alert that you get that says, okay, wait a minute, something's up with my account. That's the first rule. This is the account that your income is going in. This is the account that your uh, bills are being paid out of. If you use a debit card, this is where your swiping and stuff's coming out already. This is the account you already have. The second rule is going to be that you have one to three months net living expenses. Never less than one without an alert. Never more than three months worth of living expenses. Now, that's a lot of money. You may cut that down and say, you know what? I want my zero to be $250, and I want my net living expenses that I have to be capped at two months. So if you have $3,000 worth of living expenses, you would have uh, $6,000 plus whatever your zero is. Just say it's $250. Once you have more money than that going into this account, you're checking on the account every week or so. When you have more money, everything else goes into the second account because we're going to build up an emergency fund quickly. The emergency fund is just going to be a basic savings account, and it has rules. The first rule is you're going to have three months net living expenses. Now, again, if you had uh, $3,000 worth of living expenses, that would be $9,000 of an emergency fund. Do I really want nine grand sitting around plus the six that's possibly in the first account, 15? Ethan, I'll never fill that account up. No, we're going to adjust this to meet what your uh, current finances and income is. So you may say, well, I just need one month of emergency fund. But what I can tell you is in life, things happen. And instead of having to worry about, oh my gosh, I have a big uh, car bill coming up because the transmission quit. Instead of having to worry about how do I pay for it and then get to deal with the problem, I want you to be able to deal with the problem head on. You don't have to worry about how am I going to pay for it. And stuff happens in life. Now, on this second account, the second rule is that when the account is full, meaning when you've it's reached the amount of money that you say, that's it, that's all I need in that account, you cap it. You don't put more money into that account, but money is continuing to come in and out of your first account, your operating account. When more money is in that account than you are comfortable with, then it all goes into this third account check account and a checking account. So it's a checking account, a savings account, and a checking account. The, the third account is just a basic free checking account, and it's used to grow your wealth. It's used to make big decisions. It's used to fund retirement strategy. It's used to decide the big decisions. When money is flowing into this account consistently, now you're ready to start making the big decisions. How much house can I afford? How much should I be paying on my, my student loan? Should I pay extra? You can't make that decision without a written budget and without you being taken care of. And when I say that, I mean you have to put these accounts into place. Do you have to have a second checking account? Won't they charge me for that? You don't have to. 
No. But the reason I have it broken down like this is so that you can understand the concept of where am I going with this? Why do I want you to have uh, a specific set of rules and a specific amount of money? You get to set those limits. You get to set your own rules. But what I do know for certain is you can follow rules once they're in place. You're not going to obsess over your money now. You're going to just put these things in place, set it, forget it's there, just do your thing, and you can be an associate. And we're going to talk about um, the epidemic of suicide in the veterinary industry and later in an episode uh, uh, on this podcast. And I can just tell you that a lot of the stress that goes on in your world as an associate has to do with your finances. And it doesn't have to be that way. It, you do not have to be burdened by how do I handle money. You do not have to be burdened by how much do I pay on my student loan or how do I pick it up? We're going to solve all of those problems on this podcast. But first, as I said, we're laying the foundation to be able to build your financial house. Now, the last thing that I'm going to talk about with you on, on this episode is your personal income taxes. For you, the student, so what, right? Let's just go over a couple of things real quick, though, so that you're aware of how it works. Now, let's say you do make $72,000 of base salary your first year as an associate. Well, some people think, well, I divide that by 12, which gives me $6,000 a month to uh, spend. Of course, that's not how it works. You have, uh, you have uh, personal income taxes, federal and state, and other things that come out. So what comes out of a check? Well, I had several years ago, I had a, a former student of mine had graduated, gotten his first job, and the first week he got paid, he was making 72000 a year, and uh, he got his pay stub, and he, he texted me, and he sent me a screenshot and said, can I call you? And I said, sure. He's, he's almost in tears, and he said, something's wrong. Something's wrong. They have taken too much out of my uh, paycheck. And I said, well, tell me, what, tell me what it is. And he says, well, you see where it says FICA SS. That's Social Security. Well, $72,000, if you're paid twice a month every other week, that's $2,800 you're going to get as a gross pay. And then deductions are on the, the pay stub, and it's FICA. That's Social Security, $173. You have uh, FICA Medicare at $40.60. You have FIT, F-I-T, at $516. Of course, that's federal income tax. This was an Alabama uh, employee. He had Alabama SIT, S-I-T, $105.93. Well, what is that? Well, that's state income tax. Now, nothing else was taken out of his paycheck. Can you think of anything else that might be taken out of a paycheck, um, a standard paycheck? Well, how about health insurance? Well, he, he didn't have that coming out of his check. How about uh, any type of retirement? He didn't have that taken out of his check. He just had the absolute basic expenses coming from his check. Uh, Social Security, Medicare, uh, federal income taxes, and state income taxes. Out of $2,800, they took $836.24 before he got $1,963.76. So when you make $72, you don't get $60. You get about $48,000 to work with. Now, $48,000 is still... A nice amount of money, but you better be budgeting and you still have some money coming out. You know, you, you have uh, health insurance that you either pay for on your own. We're going to talk about that later on in another episode. 
Uh, you may have a, a retirement that they, they give you a match. What you should know, though, about the, um, our, our United States federal income tax is, is a progressive tax scale. Well, what that means is that if you make more money, you're going to pay more money progressively in tax. So the more you make, the more you're going to actually be taxed. The current income tax rate brackets for a single filer are broken up into, and actually all the brackets are 10%, 12%, 22%, 24 32 35 and 37%. 37% is the top tax bracket. For a single filer, though, the first $0 to $9,700 are the 10% bracket. From 9,701 to 39,475 is taxed at 12%. Then it jumps to 22%. Every dollar that you make over $39,475, all the way up to $84,200, is taxed at 22%. But you don't t- uh, pay taxes off of your gross income, you pay it off of your adjusted gross income. Well, what does that mean? Adjusted gross income means that you get to take deductions away from what your gross income is. So your gross income is all of the money that you make for a calendar year. And then generally people file and have a, there's a standard deduction. There's an amount that the government allows you to deduct right off the top. And that reduces what you actually are going to pay tax on. Then you go to the scale that I was just talking about. And if you're a single filer, you can file married filing jointly. You can marry filing single. You can uh, in, uh, separately. You can file head of household. But for you, the single filer, you're going to say, well, I made 72000 I get to take away my standard deduction. And let's just say that that's uh, adjusted gross income is 60000 Well, then you go down and you say, well, the first $9,700 of that 60000 is going to be taxed at 10%. The next bracket is going to be taxed at 12%. And so you can go on and you can Google 2019 tax brackets and you can see uh, clearly what brackets your dollars are going to fall in. Now, just because your last dollar falls in the, two, the 22% bracket or the 24% bracket, it does not mean that all of your dollars are taxed in that bracket. No. As I said, the first zero to 9,700 is taxed at 10%. So when you pay all of your tax on each one of your dollars, you have what's called an effective tax rate, meaning when you average it out, I didn't pay 22 and I didn't pay 10. I paid an average and for you, it's going to be somewhere in the 13 to 15% range. You're going to pay about 13 to 15% of gross income of that 72 on federal income taxes. Now, depending on what state you live in, there's going to be a different range of that as well um, that gets taken out. And then, of course, you have uh, Medicare and Social Security that get taken out. And hopefully Social Security is around when you um, when you are able to, to uh, draw Social Security, but I doubt it, and we will talk about that in a, in a future episode. I, I, of course, I'm, I'm going through that really quick, and we're, we're, we're just talking about it through a podcast. So um, I just want to make you aware that, that federal income taxes, of course, are real. What are the brackets? How does that work? Gross income, deductions, adjusted gross income, effective tax rate. Those are important, and it's really important for you to understand effective 
tax rate because when you go to choose your student loan repayment, there is an effective interest rate on each one of the options that you have to repay your student loan. Potentially, and, and let me hear from you guys, if you, will, if you will email or post on the Instagram or Facebook pages and let me know, is that something that you would like for me to do on a, a, um, a live podcast, a, a live uh, whatever you call it on Instagram, where a live feed where you can actually see my um, marker board and me go over and explain to you how that actually works. If that's something you're interested in, especially when we get to student loan repayment options, I would I believe that would really be beneficial for you to be able to see and listen to me. Um, let me know if that's something that interests you. For today, that is going to be all that I'm going to cover. Now, next week when we come back, I am going to cover at length student loan repayment options. Next week's the big week. I'm going to cover student loan repayment options, and we are going to go through that uh, slowly and clearly, and I'm going to give you um, a clear idea of what your true options are and help you start making the decision, okay, well, what's, what, which one of these options fits me, and how is that going to affect uh, uh, me financially? Uh, can I sleep at night <laughs> knowing that I've got this big number hanging over my head? Um, we're going we're gonna to tackle every option. I'm going to explain those options to you clearly. And then, um, and then we've laid a foundation. We know how we're going to actually uh, make that decision, not emotionally, not based on emotion, but based on fact. We're going to actually choose the repayment option that's right for you. You know, I would really appreciate you following me on Instagram, uh, follow and like the Facebook page uh, for this podcast. We are working on getting it out um, to Apple Podcast and Google Play. Of course, it's on Spotify. Um, our book is available, The Financial Guide for Veterinarians. My book is available on Amazon.com. It's on my website, ethandahl.com slash vetbook, and it's available at Apple iBooks. If you have questions for me, uh, questions at ethandahl.com, and please send in questions for the question of the week. Email those in to me. I'm going to pick one and answer uh, hopefully something specific to you. And I will drop that on next Monday morning. If you'd like to have me speak to your VBMA or veterinary group, email me at ethan at ethandahl.com. I would love that opportunity. Next week, we're going to get started on talking about your student loan repayment options. Until then, have a great week, and I will talk to you again soon.